0: you good yeah we're good how good was worship this morning oh Jesus is in the house oh I love worshiping with these young guys I love worshiping with anywhere with anyone at any time but it makes me feel like I'm 20 again it's like a good feeling God is doing good things isn't he Oh, he's so good. All right, I just want to pray and then I'm looking forward to sharing this morning. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you that you're here. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness and your grace in our lives. Jesus, we thank you that you are with us this morning. We feel your presence, we feel your stirring of your spirit. <laughs> and Lord, we are so grateful. And it is not a mistake, Lord, that we are here today. And it is not a mistake that we were born for such a time as this. And Lord, we thank you that you know what you're doing. Your hand is on our lives, on our city, on our nation, and on the nations of the world. And we thank you, Lord, for your heart, your purposes, and your plans. And we say yes, Lord, to everything that you want to speak to us this morning and to all that you want to do in our lives. In Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. Amen. God is good. God is stirring some good things. He is doing great things, isn't he? It's exciting. We live in the time of Isaiah 60, where the Lord says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. And it says, Behold, a great darkness will cover the earth, but my light rises upon you. (laughs) Darkness might be out there, but God's light always causes the darkness to flee. We know it. You turn on a switch, the darkness flees. The light is greater than the darkness. This morning, I want to share on something that God's been stirring in me, and He's stirring it in all of us and in His people, and it's that God is awakening His people, and He is awakening the warriors. <laughs> God is awakening the warriors. I have three children. You guys know my three beautiful kids. We have three amazing kids who are strong, strong in the Lord, strong in who God's called them to be. And we have one out of those three who is particularly strong in a very curious way since he was born. He was born wide awake, ready to conquer the world. (laughs) And this child, this son of ours... When, when he was young, he decided we were driving in the car one day and he decided he was a toddler strapped into his car seat. He decided what would happen if I flick this little lever and see what happens to the door. I wonder if it opens while we're driving. So this little toddler in the back of my car while I'm driving, he's strapped into his car seat and I see the back door fly open while we're driving. Oh, the door opens. <laughs> he did it once, he didn't do it again. He was the child that would climb every single shelf in the kitchen cupboard to get to the chocolate on the top shelf during nap time, take it back to his room and I would find it at the end of nap time. He was also the child who, during nap time, got out of his room, found his three-wheeler, worked out how to open the side gate and ride his three-wheeler Outside the house and down the street. While I'm sitting in the front room, I see him riding his little bike down the street. Clearly, my nap times didn't work too well. (laughs) He has always been curious, he has always wanted to know. If you say this is hot, don't touch this, well, I'm gonna touch it anyway and find out. God makes us all different. And he has a purpose and a plan in that. I used to talk to other mothers when I had my young kids and they would go, you know, they had the kind of kids that would just sleep and smile and sleep and smile. And and I'd be like, I don't know what your formula was, but I didn't get that. (laughs) But one day, God reminded me of this because more often than not, I am a very peaceful person. I love living a peaceful life, a very contented life. But there is one thing that awakens my heart And it's when the enemy tries to touch my kids. (laughs) If you're a mama out there, raise your hand at me this morning. Yeah, the mama lion comes out. (laughs) But this one day, Jordan again, he was young and we'd been shopping. We'd gone and got the shopping, put the shopping back in the car. I'd put him in his car seat and because he is my curious Kid, I leave the sliding door open on the van so I can keep an eye on him while I'm putting the trolley away. So he's strapped into the car seat and I'm putting the trolley away, keeping one eye on him while I'm putting the trolley away. So I get to the trolley, bay, I put my trolley back in and I see the car door open and I see a man standing outside my car. And I see his head go in my car where my son was. And I don't know who this man is. And you have never seen a woman run so fast in your whole life. I became a crazy woman running toward that car. That fight or flight kicked in and I flew. <laughs> I get to the car and the man turns around and laughs at me. He's wor- he was an employee that worked for Marty at the business. I'd met him before and he goes, man, you can run fast. <laughs> and I went, yes, I can. <laughs> But I tell you, God will use many different things to awaken our hearts. When the enemy tries to touch our kids, it awakens our hearts. And we are living in a time and we are living in a season where the darkness is getting greater and the enemy wants to try and damage and influence our children and our grandchildren and the next generations. And this is on our watch. This is on our watch. So the Lord is awakening His people And he is awakening his warriors. I want to read this morning, if you have your Bible with me, or if you have your Bible app on your phone, from Judges 6, verse 11. I want to share this passage this morning, and this is about Gideon. I love Gideon. Gideon is just like you and me. So let's read Judges 6, verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak tree in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Verse 13, Gideon looks around and he says, Pardon me, my Lord. Pardon me, my Lord, says Gideon, again, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alone. Gideon replied, If I have now found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please don't go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. What's really interesting is the whole time when Gideon's replying, he's like, Lord, but this, pardon me, my Lord. He knew it was the Lord, but he needed to know that he knows that he knows that it was God speaking to him. So Midian went away and he prepared a young goat and he prepared a loaf of bread and he brought it back to the angel I'm glad he prepared a goat and not a sheep. We have sheep. Sheep are lovely animals. They're really quite sweet. They can be stubborn at times, but they have such a sweet nature. We have neighbors who have goats. Have you ever heard a goat before? They can sound like a strangled child. If you, is there a child distressed down the street? No, it's the goats. He took a goat, he prepared a goat, and he brought this back to the angel with some bread. And he said, put it on the rock. And then the angel of the Lord stretched out his staff and touched the rock. And fire came out of the rock and consumed the offering. And Gideon said, now I believe that I have seen the Lord face to face. When the Lord appeared to Gideon, the first thing he did is he didn't say to Gideon who he wasn't. He said to Gideon who he was. He didn't come to Gideon and say, I know your... Of the tribe of Manasseh and I know you're the least in your family and and I know that you doubt a lot and maybe your faith isn't so strong right now he didn't address any of that he came to Gideon and told Gideon who he was he came to Gideon and said the Lord is with you mighty warrior Gideon looked around and he's like huh you're talking to me When the Lord comes to us, he speaks into who we are, not into who we're not. And when God comes, he first speaks into our identity before he releases his destiny. What he did with Gideon is he came to Gideon and he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And then he said, now you're going to go and defeat the Midianites. (laughs) And Gideon wasn't so sure, but the Lord spoke into his identity to release his destiny Now is a time more than ever, young people, old in between, that we need to know who we are. We need to know who we belong to and who we stand with. And we need to know what we stand for. In Revelation 3.16, it talks about being lukewarm. And it talks about how God calls us to be hot or cold. And in Revelation 3.16, it says, So because you are not hot or cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Please don't write to me about that. Not my words, his words. (laughs) He can say what he likes, amen. (laughs) But we need to know who we are and we need to stand firm in who we are. God really spoke to me one day when I was in a, in a stage where I was still finding out who I was and still really learning my identity. And I believe it is actually an ongoing process that we will be um, traveling through and being transformed through until we meet him face to face. We will be continually transformed into the image of his likeness for all the days of our lives. But God came to me one day and he told me, he said, you need to stop saying I'm just a mom. You need to stop saying, I can't do this. You need to stop looking at what you don't have and start looking at what you do have. God is not interested in what you don't have. He is interested in what you do have. And God is very interested in reminding us of who we are. And identity really began to sink into me when I began to understand intimacy. Because I believe identity comes from intimacy. In Genesis, God said, I will make man in my likeness. I will make them man and woman. He made us in his likeness. If we need to be reminded of who we are, then it's time to start looking at the face of God. It's time to start getting into the Word of God and really knowing what it says. God reminded me the other day, I was watching Lisa Bevere. Who likes Lisa Bevere? Girls with swords, woo! (laughs) And she said, it's one thing to have a sword, it's a completely other thing to know how to use a sword. We need to know who we are because we are in a day where we are going to know that we have to stand with what we know and use it. (laughs) There is coming a time where we won't be able to sit on the fence anymore where we are going to have to say, this is what we believe, this is what we stand for, this is who we stand for, and we respect you, but we cannot stand against the one who called us, and we will not move. (laughs) Because we sang about it this morning, it is for freedom that he set us free. The freedom of the gospel, the freedom of Christ, the freedom of truth. So we need to know who we are and intimacy is the key to our identity. When we know who we are, then whatever God says to us, we know that we can stand firm. Identity to me is like a foundation in our life and if that foundation has cracks in it, if that foundation has holes in it, if that foundation isn't fully formed, no matter what you try and build on that foundation, it will fall down. But if I know that I'm forgiven, and if I know that I am redeemed, if I know that he calls me holy because he is holy, if I know that I am the righteousness of God and I have the mind of Christ, if I know that I am deeply loved of the Lord, if I know these things, then God can build on these things in my life. Have you ever played the game of Jenga before? Balin and I have a Jenga game at home, this little mini Jenga game and you put all the little, you know, logs or wood things in place and you build up this tower and you have to take a little, um, you know, piece out from the bottom and then put it on the top. By the end of the game, there's all these holes in the tower and one final little piece of wood on the top causes the whole thing to come down. When we have holes in our identity, when we have holes in who we are, there is a weakness in us that causes us to crumble when things are placed on top of us. The Lord wants to place things in your life. The Lord wants to increase what He's doing in you and through you. He has more for you. He has so much more for you. And we need to make sure we are getting in the presence of God on a daily basis and listening to his voice and listening to his heart and listening to who he says we are. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. When we know who we are, we can stand firm in what he's called us to do. In verse 14, the angel of the Lord said to Gideon, Go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hand. I think it's really quite funny how the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon goes, well, pardon me, but what about this and what about that? And and what about all of these issues we've been having? And we haven't seen this happen and we've heard the stories. But, you know, he goes through this big spiel and the angel ignores him completely. (laughs) And he just says... Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. The Lord has given us what we need. More often than not, we're so focused on what we don't have that we think that we can't complete what he's called us to do. The truth is, is that he gives us everything that we need and he gives us enough so that we're dependent on him in the circumstance and the situation. Because it's him in us and through us that wins the battle. There is no way that Gideon could have won a battle against the Midianites. The Bible says that they were as numerous as locusts. And their camels were innumerable. They were like a swarm of locusts on the hillside. There is no way one man can win a battle against an army that big. But the Lord can and he does and he will. It's who is with us. That's important. One thing that I learnt quite a number of years ago from our beautiful friend, Shampa, Shampa and Jonathan, whom we love very much. Shampa said to me something and it stuck with me through many years and she said, one of the prayers of my heart is that I would hear well and obey even better. We are living in a day where we need to hear the voice of the Lord. We need to hear what he's saying. And we need to have the courage to be obedient. Something I love about Gideon, and he really is like many of us, Gideon had to know that it was the voice of God. Gideon could not move forward unless he knew that God had spoken to him. So he brings this offering, he puts it on a rock, the angel stretches out his staff, fire comes up from the rock and Gideon's like, okay, I believe. A little while later, Gideon comes back to the Lord and says, Lord, I, um, I just need a little bit more help. <laughs> Who goes through stages where it's like, Lord, I just need another sign. <laughs> and the Lord speaks and he tells you something and you wake up the next day, Lord, could you actually just speak to me again? I, um, I just really would love just another word. And then you wake up and the Lord gives you something else. Well, maybe today you can give me another word to confirm the word that you gave me yesterday and the day before and the day before. Gideon's just like us. (laughs) But Gideon didn't give up. You see, God could have called someone that had the same uncertainty, the same fear, the same apprehension, but stopped short because he wasn't willing to keep pursuing the voice of the Lord. Gideon kept pursuing the voice of the Lord. In Judges 6 verse 1, it explains the background to the story of Gideon. I just want to read a little bit here. The sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hands of Midian for seven years. The power of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of Midian, the sons of Israel made for themselves dens in which to live in the mountains and caves in the strongholds. For it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites would come up with the Amalekites and the sons of the east and go out against them. They would camp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no substance in Israel, no sheep, no ox or no donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents and they would come in like locusts for number ...and their camels were innumerable, and they came into the land to devastate it. So Israel was brought very low because of Midian. This is why Gideon needed to know the voice of God. He wasn't just facing a little enemy. He wasn't just facing a little battle... It was a big battle. For seven years, they were battle weary. For seven years, they were oppressed. For seven years, they had been cut down, destroyed and fought against. And they were bought very low. Gideon needed to hear the voice of God. But praise God, he kept seeking God's voice. And praise God, God kept answering. (laughs) God is faithful to answer us. In this time that we're living in, I believe now more than ever, we need to hear the voice of God. We need to hear what He's speaking to us. We need to hear what He's saying to us. We need to know what He's calling us to do. There are seasons in life when we face things that are hard. And there are seasons in life where we face mountaintop experiences and we get to rejoice in His goodness and His faithfulness and His provision. But we need to know what the Lord is calling us to do in each and every season because he is the one who wins the battles in our lives. When I was going through a really hard season in my life, one verse that the Lord spoke to me and he's been speaking it again in our family was from Exodus 14.14. And it says, The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And I knew in that season that all I needed to do was rest and trust and wait on the Lord. I didn't need to do a thing because the Lord was fighting on my behalf. And then in this situation, the Lord comes to Gideon and says, it's time to rise up and fight. But the key is, is we need to know what the Lord's calling us to do. We need to know what he's speaking. We need to know the seasons so that we can be obedient to the voice of the Lord Because if I had tried to fight my way through my battle and my season, I would have wearied myself and not seen the outcome that I was looking for. But if Gideon laid down and didn't fight, then he wouldn't have seen the victory against the Midianites. We need to hear the voice of the Lord. We need to hear what he's speaking to us. And one of the beautiful things is that he speaks to us all in so many different ways. He speaks to us in a language that we can understand. Don't you love that? God will speak to the person next to you completely differently to the way he speaks to you. And each and every way is his perfect and beautiful language to each and every one of us. Some of us, and I was actually just speaking to someone walking into church who God was speaking to them through beautiful dreams. Mountains covered in butterflies. (laughs) I'm like, yes, Jesus, I'll take that. (laughs) Dreams, he speaks in dreams. He speaks in visions. He speaks in numbers. He speaks through other people. He speaks through pictures. He speaks through animals, creation, nature. He speaks through other people. He is always speaking to us. He is always speaking to us. And the Bible says that my sheep will know my voice. Your spirit knows the voice of the Lord. Our spirits know the voice of the Lord. (laughs) When we first moved into our farm, there are a few things that we had when we found when we first moved in and we just kept those little things and one of those things is this little angel it's this little concrete angel that is in the garden and it's this little angel and she's kneeling down with her face to the ground and her wings stretched up to heaven and I said that's mine (laughs) I'm keeping that and we had it stored away in a shed somewhere and and um, Marty and Bay have been doing a lot of cleaning up around the farm and And I'm sitting yesterday and just sitting and praying and just listening to the Lord. And I look up out my window and I'm like, oh, there's my little angel. They had found the little angel and they'd put it outside my window. (laughs) And I opened my eyes and there it was. God speaks to us in different ways. And in that moment when I saw that angel, I actually began to cry. (laughs) Because I knew that was something special for me. I knew that was a hug from heaven for me. But to them, they're like, oh, look, he's an angel. Let's pick it up, pop it in the garden. For me, that was from Jesus. God speaks to us all in such beautiful ways, and it's going to be different from the person next to you. But hearing his voice, knowing what he's saying, knowing what he's speaking, when and how, is so important. Hearing God's voice. When Gideon came to the point of the battle, the Lord said to him, the people that are with you are too many. (laughs) And Gideon won that battle because he was obedient to the Lord. But often before God releases us, he refines us. Before he releases us into what he's called us to do, he refines us in one way or another. He shapes us, he molds us, he prunes us. It's really interesting to me at the beginning of this passage when I first read about Gideon, it said that as the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he was under a tree and Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press because he didn't want the Midianites to see that they had wheat, that they would come and they would take what they had. So he was there beating this wheat in a wine press. The threshing floor is something that the Bible talks about. The threshing floor is a place where the wheat would be bought into the place, and this threshing sledge would be ridden over the wheat behind uh, an animal, and the wheat would be crushed, and then the wheat would be separated from the chaff. We had an interesting moment the other week. We collect old farm equipment at our farm. I'm sure you've heard us say it before. We love old, rusty equipment. I don't know why. We do. We love it. We have an old, rusty machine in our garden that was for ploughing the ground. We have a couple of them in our garden. Beautiful. I love them. We have this old, rusty seeder that goes behind a horse, was put on the yoke of the horse, goes behind, you fill it with seed, and that's how the farmer used to seed seed the paddocks and the fields. So we have that in our garden too. Marty comes to me a few weeks ago. He didn't know God was speaking to me about Gideon. He didn't know what God was doing in my life. And he shows me, he goes, I found a winnowing machine. And I go, what's a winnowing machine? (laughs) And the Lord goes, ha ha, it's a threshing machine. It's not so pretty as our other machines in the garden. Our other machines are these nice dainty little things. This winnowing machine from the 1800s built of wood is this giant big box-like machine where the wheat would be crushed (laughs) and threshed and separated the wheat from the chaff. If you look into what the threshing process is, it is not a comfortable process. <laughs> when the Lord comes to refine us, it's not always a comfortable process. God gives us a promise. He gives us a calling. He places something in our heart. And before we're released into that calling, we often go through this refining and it's during that stage where whatever is in us comes to the surface. And, and I don't know about you, but in me it looks like, why are you doing this in my life? What is this going on for? What have I done? What have I done to grieve your heart? <laughs> why is this happening to me and no one else? Why am I walking through these trials and everyone else is having a good time? They're doing well. Why aren't I? What is happening? We get these little tantrum things going on. Part of that, I believe, and, and this is just part of the blessing and maybe also the curse of how we live in the West is that we are so far removed from the natural processes of life. We buy our bread off a shelf and we have no idea of the process of the farmer who plowed the field and sowed the seed and went through the process of harvesting the wheat and then seeing the wheat threshed and crushed and and seeing it turned into flour that is then baked into bread, put on a shelf that we then eat. So we have this instant lifestyle of where we are so blessed, so thankfully blessed, but we forget the process of what happens to get to that point of blessing. The wheat is threshed. The wine is crushed. There is a process and a refining before the releasing. So we are getting this winnowing machine, by the way. We are going for a nice country drive this week to pick up this winnowing machine. I'm sure you'll hear more about it. I sat there praying to the Lord. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for this prophetic sign. Then I sat there and I went, Lord, does this mean more threshing is coming into my life? (laughs) And I sat there and I went, Lord, please be gentle with my heart. (laughs) That God is good, amen. (laughs) So God did some refining with the Israelites before they went into battle. I want to read Judges 7, verse 2. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands, for Israel would become boastful, saying, My own power has delivered me. Now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is afraid and tem- trembling, let him depart from Mount Gilead. So, 22,000 men went back home and 10,000 remained. Then the Lord said, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I'll test them for you, Gideon. Don't worry, Gideon, I got this. Bring them down to the water and I'll take care of this, Gideon. I don't know about you, but if God were calling me into battle, I'd want the biggest army by my side. God's like, don't worry, Gideon, let me test them. I'll just refine them a little bit more for you. So they go down to the water and in verse six, it says, Now the number of those who lapped putting their hand to their mouth was 300 men, but the rest of the people kneeled to drink water. The Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with 300 men who lapped with their hands, and I will give Midianite, the Midianites into your hand. Do you know how many were in the army of the Midianites that they were going up against, that were camped in the valley? There were 134,000 Midianites and God is telling Gideon to go into battle with 300 men. God is serious about receiving the glory. He is serious about all the glory going to his son and he means it. Because all glory and all honour is his and it belongs to him alone. And he knows. (laughs) He knows our hearts. He knows our weaknesses. He knows what we struggle with. And he will have the glory. So God refined the army. And God sent Gideon with 300 men against the Midianites. And when God told them to raise the trumpets and to to break the little pots where they had um, a little candle inside a light and to begin roaring, victory for the Lord and for Gideon. And 300 men on the hilltop began decreeing victory and God sent angels into the Midianite camp, sent confusion and they started killing each other. (laughs) God is incredible. And he will do miraculous things through our life. At the conference we were at a couple weeks ago, one of the the pastors was preaching in a session and he said, it's time to do the ridiculous so God can do the miraculous. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But God defeated this mighty army that was like locusts with 300 men from Gideon. I want to encourage you today, if you're going through some refining, if you're going through some challenges and some trials, if you're going through some battles, if you're wondering what's going on in your life, God might just be preparing you for the very thing that you've been calling out for Him. God might just be preparing you for the prophetic words that He's spoken over your life. God might just be shifting things in you and through you so that His Word and His promises can come out in your life, through your life and touch many other people. And this thing that you're facing, these challenges that you're facing, these trials that you're facing, God is doing something in you that cannot be, um, it cannot happen on the mountaintop. It can only happen in the valley. It can only happen in the fire. It can only happen in the testing. God brings something out of us in the testing. (laughs) He brings something out of us in the trials. He forges things in our life. I want to encourage you, don't stop. Don't let go. We've all heard the saying, you know, I prayed for faith and God gave me a mountain. I prayed for patience and the Lord gave me children. (laughs) God is good. He is faithful. He is not an instant fast food God. He is committed to what he is doing in us and through us and he is committed to receiving the glory. One of my favorite passages in Isaiah it says that though the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and providing bread for the eater and seed to the sower so too is my word that goes forth from my mouth it will not return to me void without accomplishing everything I sent it to do and succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. The word of the Lord over your life, over our life, over my life, will be fulfilled, make no mistake. The same voice that spoke the world into being, the same voice that separated light from darkness, the same voice that shakes the foundation of the earth, the same voice that whispers to you, carries the same power and the same authority today as it has yesterday, today, and will be forever. And for some of us, it's time to pick up those promises and to pick up those calling and to pick up the things that the Lord has spoken in our lives. And maybe we need to wage war with doubt. Maybe we need to seek the Lord one more time like Gideon did, say, excuse me, Lord, can you please speak to me again? Lord, I'm asking for a fleece and he laid out a fleece on the threshing floor and he said, Lord, make the fleece wet in the morning but all the ground dry. And the Lord said, okay, I can do that. He woke up and the fleece was wet and he wrung it out in a bucket of water. And um, Gideon goes, that's good. Then he says, excuse me, Lord, please don't be mad with me. Literally, you can read it. Please don't be angry with me, Lord. But can you please, now I'll put the fleece out again and can you please make the fleece dry And all the ground wet when I wake up. And the next morning it is as he asked. And then Gideon said, I'll do whatever you say. Whatever you want, God, tell me. I trust you. I believe you. Sometimes it's time to wage war with doubt. It's time to get on our faces and hear what the Lord is saying. It's time to stick out a fleece and say, speak to me again. Speak to me again. Speak to me again. I need to hear your voice. I need to know your word. I'm not letting go of the promises you've called me to. I'm not letting go of your destiny. I'm not letting go of your calling. There is no expiry date on the word of God. When he speaks, heaven moves. So I want to encourage you this morning that if you are going through something, be encouraged that you're in good company. Be encouraged that God is doing something in you, preparing you, shaping you, molding you. Because God knows and he alone knows what tomorrow holds. He knows the season that we're in. He knows the seasons that are yet to come. And I want to encourage us all to be listening to the voice of God, to stay in the presence of the Lord, to be listening to who He says He is, He says we are, and that we know who we belong to, we know where we stand, and that we are ready and willing when He calls us to stand for Him. Amen? Amen. I want to invite you to stand this morning. invite the worship team to come up as I just finish off today. And as we finish up this morning, I just want to open the, the front altar for anyone that wants prayer this morning, because I really feel that the Lord is doing something special. He really is. God is on the move. He is stirring something by His Spirit. And I love that it's not by might, it's not by power, it is by my Spirit, says the Lord. And I'm telling you, and I can see this, We are going to see more of this in this day and in the days to come. We are going to hear of miracles, signs and wonders that the Lord is doing. And guess who the Lord wants to do them through? Each and every one of you. We are the ones He has called. We are the ones He has chosen. (laughs) We come from every shape and size and background. We have every different flavor under the sun. And He loves us. And we need each other. We need some to rise up as political leaders in our nation. We need people praying and worshipping in the glory of the Lord. We need those on the streets decreeing the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need moms and dads in families loving their kids and teaching them the truth. We need teachers, doctors, lawyers. We need the entire body of Christ carrying the glory of the Lord and we need you and He's calling you. And I would love to pray for you this morning if you would like prayer for whatever it is that God's doing in your heart or in your life this morning, whatever He might be stirring. If you have promises that are unfulfilled on your life, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for breakthrough in your life. I want to pray for fresh impartation in your life. If you feel like you've fallen asleep or you've become battle weary from all the years of facing the Midianites, of having to fight for your life, battle for your family, battle for the very things that you felt God was going to give you, but instead you've had battle after battle after battle, I want to pray for you because God is bringing breakthrough into your life. You're about to see a victory of the Lord. I want to pray for you this morning. So I want to invite you to come forward if you'd like prayer and as the worship team begin to worship. And Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that all your promises are yes and amen. And we thank you that you are raising up sons and daughters filled with your spirit and filled with your anointing. We thank you that you are releasing signs, wonders and miracles in our midst. Father, we thank you that you are faithful through all generations. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to the words you have spoken, that every single one of those words you have spoken carry with it the very power to fulfill that word, and it will not return to you void, and it will succeed in the matter for which it's sent. And we thank you, Lord that Jesus will receive all the glory for he alone is worthy Shabbat and we lay everything down Lord at your feet again and we thank you for who you are we thank you for all that you've done we thank you for your incredible life and love poured out your blood freely given freely freely you have received now freely freely give, give, give give Go in the strength I have given you and defeat the Midianites, says the Lord. Take what you have, take what you have, and I will give you everything else that you need. It's time to see victory in the people of God. It's time to see the body of Christ rise up. There's an army rising, and he's calling forth his sons and daughters, he's calling forth his warriors. He's stirring by His Spirit. It's time, it's time, it's time, it's time. And we say yes, Lord. We say yes. We say yes to whatever it is and whatever it looks like. Whatever you've called us to be, whatever you call us to do, we say yes. We surrender afresh to you, Jesus. We surrender to what you're doing in our lives. We trust you and we will seek you. And we will look and listen for You. We will follow and we will stand. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, we say yes, we say yes. So Holy Spirit, we ask that You would come right now. Ha! Huh? You would fall like fire in this place. That You would come like wind. Separate the wheat from the chaff in our lives blow away everything that does not need to be in us, Lord, so that the pure wheat of who we are, of who you are in us, will be seen. I want to read from Luke 3, verse 15. Just keep focusing on the Lord. Just keep your eyes on Him. Just lift your hands to Him as I read. And it says, Now why the people we're in a state of expectation. And all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ. John answered and said to them all, Ho, oh, As for me, I baptise you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. Oh, he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in His hand to thoroughly clear His threshing floor and to gather the wheat into His barn. But He will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. There is one here this morning who is mightier than I. There is one here this morning who comes to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. (laughs) He's here. <laughs> we say yes, Lord come. Come with your fire. Come by your spirit. Fill us again, baptize us anew. In Jesus, beautiful name.